This is The Union, the intersection between people, apps, and AI. We'll inspire and challenge you as we ask questions, uncover insights, and share inspiring stories about digital ecosystems and automation. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Union Podcast. I'm Scott King, and I am joined by Chris Krause. Hey, Krause, how are you? Good. Hey, glad glad everyone could join us. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about predictive analytics, like really what is predictive analytics and how can it be used? So um, I'm basically just going to read a description that I found online that I like. Uh, Predictive analytics is the process of using data to forecast future outcomes, right? Like we need to get better at doing things all the time. The process uses data analysis, machine learning, AI, and statistical models to find patterns that might predict future behavior. And we can all think of examples uh, sales examples, uh, finance examples, like, you know, what what is going to come out of the data? Um, and then, you know, organizations can use this data to forecast trends, uh, behaviors, and make better decisions. So, Chris, curious, you know, how does pre- predictive analytics intersect with AI and machine learning? And, and maybe what role does it play? Well, if you remember, we talked about in an earlier podcast that really AI is the application of, in the biggest picture, machine learning is one of the categories, just like natural language processing, understanding natural language generation is a different area. But machine learning is literally math. It's like mathematical equations to calculate things. And so traditionally, like I have a degree in statistics, believe it or not. So quantitative business analysis. And so I think I mean by that class. Yeah. And so I literally, I use something called SAS software on the mainframe and we would give it data and calculate and then we'd plot it and look at it and see, do we put data in, we pull data out. So we had like linear regression and multivariate analysis. We had just a couple tools. Machine learning, we now have those tools are still valuable tools, you know, and there's like anomaly detection is kind of, you can look for outliers in that but the whole concept of neural networks and basically we have more mathematical algorithms available than we had in the past. And one of the keys is before you always said, okay, I need to calculate or have something specific. Now there's like unstructured learning where you can say, Hey, ingest all this different information and start telling me things about it. So the machine learning models you know, we still have the traditional ones from statistics and analytics that we did, but we now have all these new ones that actually are powered by neural networks. And and actually, we just have a bigger bag of things we can do. But they're all technically machine learning and based on mathematical algorithms. Right. I mean, basically just to help us make better decisions. But yeah, the, you know, you, you talked a little bit about neural networks, and I'm thinking about all of the data that we produce and that big enterprises produce, uh, enormous yes. amount of data. So, like, how is the data prepared or maybe formulated for, you know, to use the predictive analytics and to use the model? And, like, what kind of data is typically used? Is this is it big data? Is it, you know, structured data? Talk to us about how we would put that into a model. So a lot of the things that we find with customers is they do have a specific goal in mind. They want to predict something like um, cash flow. They want to predict sales. 
you know, maybe it's B2C. So they have, you know, Christmas is coming up. So they have historical stuff and that. So they kind of know the different information they want to deal with. And the goal is to, to calculate a number or predict a sales number percentage, or maybe like insurance companies have to predict um, possible loss based on a hurricane season. So they, they have inputs of how many hurricanes you think there will be. They have cost of living adjustments for how much, you know, it costs to insure a house and rebuild and all those type of things. And so they spend a lot of time gathering those, but they, so there's lots and lots of data, but you're usually kind of fishing around in a specific area. So you, you kind of know your inputs, the neural networks aside, cause that's, Hey, just find something interesting. A lot of people know what are the contributing factors to sales? What are the contributing factors to a number inside the organization they're trying to predict? And when we think about automation, the nice thing is it kind of naturally points you to the data. So if we're thinking about, say, in a call center, can we calculate the um, value of this customer, the rejected value of this customer? And we know how many devices they have, how many times they buy extra products. So we have a profile of them and we can predict future value of a customer. Or maybe we want to predict, do we give them a discount because they're a high value or low value customer? All the data in the CRM, all the data in the sales um, um, systems themselves are what we would use to do that. So it's data we have, it's stuff we don't, you know, we have access to. We just don't know how to process it. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. So I'm I'm wrapped up in a process like that right now with T-Mobile. Um, they keep texting mm-hmm. me because I, I use a credit card to auto pay my phone yep. bill, and they said, hey, you know, to to remain eligible. Uh, for the auto pay discount, I forget it's a percentage or maybe it's a hard dollar amount, 20 bucks, 25 bucks. I'm not really sure. But like you have to change from a credit card to a debit card um, because they're even looking at the processing fees. So yes. some, somebody over there is, you know, saw this and they're predicting how much money they're going to, um, you know, they're going to save on processing fees. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious to, to see that model. And that's like, I have to go do that today, I think. All right, Chris, we talked about the data and, you know, what kind of data is used, maybe where you get it because you understand, you know, the outcome that you want. So you kind of understand the data that um, that you need. But the predictive model, someone creates those like, you yes. know, can you discuss how those are created and do you need to be a data scientist to do this? Like how easy or hard is this? So that's what's really changed. Traditionally, you had math majors, you had statistics majors, and they did all this manually. And they figured out, applied them to specific algorithms and massage the data. These days, machine learning, we have very good models for predictors, which is calculating a number. We have good things for categorization, like look at different pieces of data and categorize, should I give a discount, yes or no? So there's categorizations and predictors. There are lots of really good models out there, right? And there are multiple. So what we do in Krista, we, we say you really don't want a data scientist to understand the nuances of the seven models. Give the data to Krista. We'll use machine learning to build machine learning because we can actually take, say, 80% of the data, train a model, take 20%, test it, and try the first model, the second model, the third model. It's just CPU cycles at that point, And then tell you which one has the best score. There's like there's different values like F1s and such, but we actually use machine learning to build machine learning models for you. So 
thirty percent of right, these things would, business need would know they're not that. super you, complicated. You yeah, you mentioned that twice, like machine learning to build yeah. machine learning. Like, what's what's the real audience for that, right? Because I can't imagine that uh, a lot of people would actually look for a solution like that. So a lot of people don't know it's available. They think, you know, that's, you know, they're very comfortable with pivot tables and things in Excel. So anybody who's actually, say, an Excel power user, they get their data, they do pivot tables, they're calculating things. They're the same people who can do this because we've lowered the technical bar. And, and when you build your pivot table, right, you know the data you want to look at and you're kind of looking for outcomes. That's the same data you want to give to the machine learning model. Now, if something is like statistically not important, it's it's not going to be highly contributed to the model. That's fine. You don't have to do that work. So literally, business people don't realize they have data in the context of their business process. You just want to put that into the model and have it do the work to figure out is it important or not. Okay. All right. So if you know if if they know the data, they can use Excel, uh, machine learning. I mean, basically, they're trying to improve a process. Like, how yeah. how does this help us automate processes, right? I mean, we're in the automation business, so we help people yeah. make decisions. But a lot of thinking is, I need, I you know, I need this one data point at this one point mm-hmm. in time, and then I do something else. Like, people really don't understand that that is automatable, right? So, right. talk to us a little bit about that. So, every time you make a prediction about something. The, you're going to have, that's a decision point. And so instead of that being, oh, this is interesting, let me email someone or have a meeting. What what are the steps in the process to do to actually automate the end-to-end outcome? So think of these as I'm actually automating the decision points that lead me down different paths for my automation to complete the tasks and then get to the outcome itself. So the, the cool thing is that machine learning applied to processes it can actually be like highly confident and make the decision and the process automation continues, or maybe it's an informs someone and then they confirm the decision and moves on. But realize it should be, not everything should be a human decision. There's certain things like when you request vacation. Okay, if, say you're in a warehouse. The automation is going to look up to see, okay, how much vacation leave do you have? We can then look into the forecasting engine and say, how many packages are we going to ship that week? You look in timesheets to see how many people are on shift. And then you would normally say, now let me give it to a manager because this is the information they're going to look at to make the decision. In this case, you can give that to a machine learning model and then it can make a decision, right? So the idea is you want to actually take the same data like a human, human would make a decision from but have machine learning models ingest that and then make a decision for you. So it's your data is there. People just don't realize it. Yeah. And they, they probably don't know that software could do that. Right. Right. Um, and then it, because yeah, they've, been, action is, they've been hard coded to, you know, I need to email somebody, I need to have a meeting or, um, you know, uh, if, you know, I need to be more comfortable with the decision, right? Like, I don't, right. I don't want to make the decision. Let's, you know, let's have a committee, right? And then everything takes forever. Um, right. And then like on the vacation leave, then who, who, who does the next step? Does the manager have to go put that in say work day or the timesheet system say they're off? Do they have to mark it on their calendars and all those things? Those are automatable steps. So once you've made the decision, the steps, to, if you grant the vacation, 
It's you then let them, you know, mark it out, mark timesheets, let let the HR system know they're going to take vacation on this date, you know, all those things. All the steps behind it you want to automate versus that being more manual tasks. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, what about like a, a, a business case, right? Like higher level that somebody like in finance or, um, you know, operations may be looking at, like, can you share a case where, you know, the predictive analytics basically helped them, you know, collect all the data, improve the decision making process, um, you know, and then invoked that next step, right? And yep. from the decision, you have anything like that? Yeah. So there's an interesting one in finance. So in finance, there's finance and accounting. Accounting is counting things up. And then financing a lot of times is predicting things like cash flow. So accounting can tell you we've sent out 100 invoices and the total value is $500,000 or $5 million, right? And, you know, ideally the invoice has a due date, you know, what are the terms? Net 10, net 30, things like that. But they don't know when it's actually going to be paid. So that's where finance is really interested. It's like if we're going to calculate cash flow based on sending invoices out to be paid, how often does the customer pay the invoice early, on time, or late? And does that change based on the value of the invoice itself? So if you want to predict cash flow, it's not good enough to know the bills that went out. You need to predict the behavior of the people paying the invoices. Because you may find that like, if the invoices say under $20,000, the vendors pay them within two days or three days. When the invoices are twenty to hundred thousand dollars, they may pay them in seven to fourteen days, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some by looking at the data. So in this case, you would want like six months of historical data, so you can look at invoices when they were shipped out and when they were paid in the value, and then ask for a predictor, a machine learning predictor, a calculated number to come up with how many days it will be before this is paid. So that way, because, you know, some people always pay early, some people pay late, some people vary that on the time, but you'd never be able to do that manually for 300 um, vendors, right, and all these invoices. So that's where machine learning, you give that, it'll adjust it, and it can actually predict for you, for this vendor, for this invoice price, when will when do you expect to be paid based on how they've done this in the past? So that's actually determining cash flow. So that means finance really can actually start predicting cash flow based on outstanding invoices. When will they be paid? What's the cash flow for next week, Friday, or two weeks out? So that's actually really interesting because people want to do that, but they usually don't have anything. Usually it's kind of a thumb in the air. We think, you know, normally we, yeah, but. Yeah, it's probably. You know, it's just someone that's been in accounting for a while and they're like, oh, yeah, that's my friend, Jeff. He always pays it late, um, you know, and, you know, sends me a cute little note every time that he does. Yeah, it'll be something like that. Yeah. How does a human remember that for 300 or 2000 (laughs) vendors? Right. Multinational companies with thousands of vendors. Right. And consolidated accounting. So that's where machine learning models can actually predict that because it's the volume. You'll exceed a human's ability to do that. You know, if it's a mom and pop company and they have five vendors, that's one thing. 
when it's a multinational company and they have 2,000, 3,000 vendors, they won't be able to do that through guessing, right? Yeah. So applying that. And then, you know, especially with the the turnover in any organization, right? I mean, just having kind of a repeatable process and using the analytics, you know, on top of that would, yep. would benefit everybody, right? Um, yeah. So when we talked about the, you know, what is the analytics and the machine learning models and machine learning to build machine learning and, you know, formulating the data and then doing the next step, what's what's the next step after that? So what what's the future of predictive analytics and, and like where, where do you see it headed? So I definitely see it the, okay, now we've got a number, we've made a decision people will realize, okay, we've come to, we've solved the decision point faster. This is no longer a decision by committee or having someone do a research project. Now, what do I do? Okay. Is this, what are the next steps in the process to automate? Is like, do we actually have to take action in this? Do we update? And like, do we, if we, if I told say in finance, we said, okay, we predict that in the next two weeks, we'll get a million dollars of invoices paid. And then four weeks, we'll have $7 million of invoices. Well, someone can make a decision to say, okay, any of those we think will be paid in the middle, let's send a promotion to them to say, we'll give you an extra 1% off if you pay early. Because the cash value in our hand is, is more valuable to us to get it by the end of the quarter, right? So people will think about, I now have better information and predictions. Now, can I do something with it to make my business better? What's an... Can I apply some automation to say nudge people to pay or entice them to do things differently, right? So they will rethink about how do you actually run your business better versus just the status quo. And the key is you want to automate some actions after you've made those predictions. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, it's got to be better, right? So everyone's looking into AI and they're they're looking into how to make better decisions with math because we just have a ton of data, so we might as well mm -hmm. use it effectively. So I like that. Yeah. Um, so thanks, Chris, and thanks, everyone, for listening about uh, predictive analytics. Hope you learned something. Uh, be sure and subscribe to The Union on YouTube or any of your favorite podcast players. And until next time. Thanks for listening to The Union. I hope it was insightful and caused you to think about how you can influence technical advancements at your company. Please subscribe to the Union Podcast Series on your favorite podcast player to listen to past and future episodes. If you have a question for any of us or have a suggestion for the show, please email me at scott at Thanks for listening.